Welcome to the Benito Juarez Experience. This is Luciano Joshua Gonzalez. And I am Yuem Navarro Rivera. And today we are going to be talking about the Hispanic slash Latinx involvement in politics, why we need to get involved, and how we can get involved. And I wanted to preface this conversation by saying that there are still groups that are supporting Puerto Rico. There are still groups such as Half Free that are accepting donations to Puerto Rico. And of course, there are things that everyone can do on an individual level. Some of the links in today's episode are going to be donation links. And some of the other links are going to be references and resources that we use in this conversation. It is really important that we hold our Congress people accountable, regardless of whether or not they are Hispanic or Latinx, because this affects lots of people. This is, and this doesn't just affect people in Puerto Rico, uh, which is one of the main ways that we're going to be contextualizing this conversation. The events that are going on right now, whether it is Trump's alleged um, green card holder ban for the army, I say Trump, which isn't really fair. As far as I know, it's not exactly known who issued that directive. But there are events going on that affect Hispanics, that affect other types of immigrants, and that need to be talked about and that people need to have in their circle. People need to be talking about this. They need to be elevating the conversation. And we understand that it's going to be uncomfortable, but so we'll be getting involved in politics, which is one of the things that we want to encourage our listeners to do. It is not going to be easy to become more political, especially because we live in a society where people who are political are very often ostracized for being too political, unless they are politicians, in which case they're politicalness is celebrated. But if you're an activist, if you're a young voice or someone who's older, who's getting involved in politics for the very first time, you are likely to experience ostracization. You're likely to be othered by your friends and family because people in this country all over and of all races and ethnicities generally don't like being involved in politics, which really sucks because politics affects everyone in every career. You can't escape the influence of politics. So it's important that you understand what's going on. It's important that you be involved and that you support the people that you believe in, regardless of whether or not you agree with us on every single political issue. It is important that regular people step their involvement up in politics, not just financially donating or voting, but also having conversations with their representatives, uh, going to rallies, making sure that they read the statements that their politicians send out and making sure that they know what their politicians are up to. So, Joem, I know that you have studied politics extensively. It's it's your, what your PhD is in, comparative politics. Why don't you start off by telling us ways that you think people can get involved in politics? I mean, there's so many ways. Uh, certainly, there's running for office, that it's a way that a lot of people do, but probably not enough. Uh, there is Voting, which is the most common way in which people get uh, politically involved because it's fairly easy, right? Uh, uh, even if many of our current politicians are trying to make it harder to do, uh, there are petitions, uh, and now the internet has made it a very easy to, to do petition drives. Uh, calling representatives is something that it's very effective, like drowning the phone lines and even to this day, FATS lines of members of Congress uh, has been influential, particularly in these, uh, in today, this year, 
uh in the efforts of uh killing the uh whatever the Republicans call the replacements of the Affordable Care Act uh in all its iterations. Uh there is uh, there's so much more than I mean those are some of the principles that people can do, but I mean just being informed, like you know, reading a newspaper, one of the things that uh my wife, colleague, and co-author and overall partner Jasmine uh, Trejo uh, studied for her dissertation was political knowledge. Uh, and one of the things that it's very amazing is the fact that a lot of e either a lot of people don't get informed, even when they have like access to information, especially in these days, like a lot of people have access to the internet but not necessarily use it for political purposes, right? They they may read TMZ and they may read, like, uh, sports news or they may read, like, other types of information, but not necessarily political news. And at the same time, there's a lot of people who who may know about politics or may be interested in politics, but because they may not be, like, let's say, uh, of the political class, and by that mean is all the studies that show, and we know this to be true instinctively, that our elected classes, our, our ruling classes, are overeducated and incredibly wealthy compared to the rest of us. And so they may they may be interested in politics, but they not be comfortable in voicing their opinions because they think that you know, they are not prepared enough or, or, or they don't know enough to do that. And, you know, the reason there, there is universal suffrage is because everybody's opinion is important. So I think, uh, you know, everyone's involvement, everyone's opinions are important. Uh, and, you know, we, and unfortunately, you know, it, it's not the case that most people, uh, can get their voices heard. I think that what you just said is very important. And that's one of the reasons why I am going to very briefly mention that you don't have to be a citizen to be involved in politics. And that's, that's a strange thing to say to a lot of people. It's, it's a very counterintuitive notion. What I'm not saying is you, I'm not saying that you can be someone who's not a citizen, but you can't. But you can campaign for people. You can push for people. You can help citizens register to vote because as many people have noticed and pointed out, this nation doesn't have automatic voter registration. You have to manually register to vote, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. But in my opinion, it's mostly a bad thing because lots of people don't always realize this and they'll go vote on same day, which in many places you can do, but as far as I know, not every single place you can do same day registration. Uh, one of the problems with that is that people who don't know this might not know how they can fix it. They might not be able to go out and register on their own. They might not know where to go. They might not know information about their precinct, but it's true. You don't have to be a citizen to go on campaign. You don't have to be a citizen. You do have to be a citizen to run. You do have to be a citizen to vote. 
But there are lots of things that you can do if you are someone who is a documented citizen, or in some cases, even someone who is an undocumented, uh, documented citizen, a <laughs> documented immigrant, or someone who is an undocumented immigrant, you can still work to make other people more informed. One of the ways that I know lots of people who are undocumented help documented people and citizens learn about politics is that they'll translate information. There are organizations which use and hire people who are undocumented and they ask them for their help in translating information because you also, in most places, I think in all places, actually, you don't have to speak English to be able to vote. All you have to do is be a registered voter. And that's something that's very important. And that's something that I think is a good thing, because if you are a citizen in this country, even if you don't speak English, if you are someone who lives here, politics affects you. And if you can vote, you should, even if English isn't your first language or if it's not a language that you speak at all. As long as you have someone that you can trust or you are someone that people can trust and you can interpret for them, you should. You should help them go out and vote. You should help them figure out how to communicate with their representatives and you should make sure that as many people know about politics as possible, regardless of your citizenship status, regardless of your immigration status. This affects you, this affects me, and it's important that we engage in a real and genuine dialogue. Now that you mentioned that, that reminds me that another way you can engage is actually volunteering to work on election day. And that was something I did many, many times uh, in my 20s uh, in which I either drove people to the polls uh, and in some years actually work as a, uh, as a poll station worker doing translation work uh, for people who were Spanish speakers and, and didn't know English, giving them the instructions ballot instructions and stuff like that. So those are other ways in which you can actually get involved. Uh, what you said about voter registration is really interesting because it's true in this country we make it, I mean, it varies by state, certainly, but it, we make it very hard for people to register to vote. In, in It's more common that it's hard to register to vote than, than it is easy. Uh, Oregon has, it's now trying automatic voter registration from what I, have read those efforts have gone fairly well uh and but there are also places where like deadlines are to register to vote are kind of like two months before the election which is really bad because that means that interest in the election doesn't pick up until probably like october and by that time like if you get interested in the election you cannot register to vote then uh, and, you know, they have all these rules about supplemental ballots and whatnot, but those are only counted if the election is particularly close and, uh, you have to document it. Now we have all the cases of states asking for specific forms of IDs for voters, but not providing access to those IDs, which means that if it effectively works as a poll tax, which was made illegal, uh, 50 years ago. Uh, and finally, talking about immigration, um, um, immigrant status and political involvement, you are very, uh, correct in terms of that you don't have only, I mean, in, as in federal elections, only citizens can vote. 
in some states they may allow or, or local elections they may allow like green card holders to vote uh but you don't have to be a citizen to be involved in politics uh last week uh last week's episode and a couple of weeks ago i gave a talk at the american humanist association on daca and one of the aspects that i mentioned of daca is that it was the result of a lot of activism by the dreamers uh, and the dreamers of course being the young men and women uh who came uh undocumented to this country as children uh with their parents and who uh could have benefited of the dream act and uh, that piece of legislation that would have granted a path to citizenship uh for these young people if it had passed Congress, uh, and they put a lot of pressure on the Obama administration uh, to actually get uh, that policy implemented. And we cannot also forget the uh, a decade ago uh, the large immigration marches uh, asking, in, in which a lot of immigrants put themselves, undocumented immigrants, put themselves in in, in the line. Uh, by going out, uh, into the streets and actually demanding action, uh, from Congress, which led to some immigration reform legislation under the Bush administration that eventually, as you may have realized, didn't go anywhere. Uh, but those are types of, like, th those are two recent examples of immigrant led, uh, political movements. So, uh, keeping in keeping with this Hispanic theme, which is the full, which is the whole focus of the podcast anyway, I think that it's worth reminding listeners that according to Pew Center, according to Pew Research Center projections, it's some 27.3 million Latinos, Hispanics, Latinx individuals are eligible to cast ballots, which represents 12% of all, of all eligible voters. That's, that's a lot. And it's a lot more than people realize, but there's a very big difference between being eligible to cast ballots and being registered to vote. And there's also a very big difference between being registered to vote and actually going out and voting. And one of the main things that we as Hispanic individuals, especially people like you and I, who are not quite political activists, you're a political scholar. I'm definitely a political activist. I don't know if you would call yourself one. Um, we do need to go out and get people registered to vote. And me and you have done that. And me and you do do that. I know that I went a couple of weeks ago during Pride in my city. I read, I volunteered with the Democrats. I was with the LGBT um, president of our county and we were registering people to vote. That day we must, I was there from about 1130 to almost 5 p.m. and I registered probably close to 50 people. And I was pestering everyone who came and stopped by our little booth. And I was asking them if they were registered because I think it's very important that people be registered to vote. As someone who doesn't have a car or a license, I can't quite go out and drive people, but I can at least get them registered. And getting people registered is an important step because if you're going to vote, you need to be registered, as we've mentioned before. And if you want to increase the number of voters, the number of voters who participate in every election, you have to go out and volunteer. And it's not fun work. It's not the most entertaining work, but it is important work because this is how, this is the easiest way to affect change. 
going out and voting for the candidate that you believe is most reflective of your value of your values is probably the least painful way that people can go out and at the very least try to cause some sort of change that they think would be better for society. Yeah. I do I call my uh, yeah, I think to I think I have separate lives, right? Uh, to to a large extent of a political scholar. Uh but if it wasn't for especially Earlier in my life, my activism, now I'm more like involved in other types of like less street level activism. I'm more like meeting level activism. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I would say that there are certain times in my life in which I'm more of an activist than a scholar. Uh, and of other times that I'm more of a scholar than an activist. Uh, but I think there are blurry lines in there. <laughs> One of the reasons why I think it's important that we get people from our community to go out and vote, and I, I can make this specifically about Puerto Rico, so I will, because I don't know how other, I don't know how other types of Hispanics and Latinx individuals feel about what I'm about to say, but I, I sent an email to a person who was Honduran and Guatemalan. He is a famous, he's not a famous writer, but he's a fairly well-known writer in his community. He's someone that I've admired for a while. He and I were talking. I said that I lived in Puerto Rico and I'm from Puerto Rico and that I also lived in and love Honduras. And he was just like, that's a really interesting mix because those two nations, those two areas are the places that have been the most negatively affected by the United States policy in Latin America. I don't know if I really agree with that, but I can definitely understand where he's coming from. There's at least a small part of me that agrees that Puerto Rico has been super negatively affected by U.S. policy decisions that don't come from Puerto Rico. And I'm sure that most other Puerto Ricans, at the very least, to some extent, understand why there are people like me who feel this way. If we want to affect change, Regardless of whether or not we come to the mainland, we need to, at the very least, be registered to vote. And I know now that there are people from all over the island who are going to be moving to the who are going to be moving to the mainland. I read a post earlier today by another Puerto Rican atheist who is really cool. I really like her, and she said that one of the first things that people need to do when they get here is they need to go and register to vote. That's a really, really, really smart thing to say. And I hope that any Puerto Ricans who are listening to the podcast right now who have family who are coming from Puerto Rico or are coming from Puerto Rico themselves, go out and take that advice. Go and register to vote. It's not the same as getting involved in a campaign, but it's understandable. Not everyone has the time to spare to go out and get involved in a campaign. Not everyone has the resources or the skills that would make them beneficial to campaigns especially if a campaign's already underway and they already have a team of people that they know and that they trust, but everyone can go out and register to vote. And if you can register to vote, you are eligible to vote. Do that. So before we get to this week's questions, I wanted to know what are your final thoughts about this? What are your final thoughts on, th what are the final things that you want to say to people who are apathetic about politics and to people who want to get involved but don't know how. 
two very different things. Yeah, I, I think the first one is there is a lot of resources out there for people who, who want to get involved, whether it's, uh, you know, organizations, uh, think tanks, uh, local community organizations, uh, and their local political parties, political, mo uh, and, and, and political movements that they can, uh, join like right now uh we maryland uh here we're gonna have elections next year and i already seeing uh either people organizing forums or or candidates already like in the farmers market and and, and events like that so there there's several opportunities uh for either getting to know the people who are trying to represent you uh or to you know find ways of getting involved with organizations uh so that's that's the the first one of course like registering to vote and and getting updates from your representatives like you can e you know you can join their email lists uh you can follow them on twitter i actually don't follow them on twitter uh because i only follow political scientists and atheists <laughs> uh that's that's actually true uh But, uh, you know, you, you can get their email lists and that was, was the second question. Sorry. So for people who you, you tied into it a lot in what you just said. So we can consider part of that like crossover. But the other question was, what is your advice for people who want to get involved, but don't know how? I, I think they can either meet a person like, you know, they can talk to people who, who are involved, they can write, write to their elected officials, they can... So I, I think there's, you know, there, there's people who want to get involved and know, and people who want to get involved and don't know. And I think the avenues are similar. Uh, but if you don't know, right, like, organizations like Common Cause, like, have a like, link to elected officials and organizations and, and, and other, like, actors and institutions that can actually help you uh find places if you want to go into something less partisan uh well I, i'm i've been a professional lefty for last few years so i'm not really i'm not really <laughs> acquainted with uh with moderate or <laughs> or conservative politics so is that the way you uh If that's the way you roll, then I, I would say I'm not going to stop you from from becoming active. But I, I think I, 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 I should let Google do their <laughs> do their task in there. I'm considering making a joke about how you might have just confessed to being a paid protester. Hashtag fake news. Um, that's not true because I'm still waiting for my George Soros check from the. Uh, Women's March in January, and I still haven't gotten. Well, he obviously and I listens, went with my son like, and my obviously wife. Obviously, listens to the show. Hopefully, he'll send it to you now that you publicly shamed him. Okay, George Soros, you owe me three checks. <laughs> three, man, you are you are really putting with my in the wife. overtime with the paid protest. Um, well, I mean, because I I I, I heard that 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 you know they were gonna pay protesters, and and they didn't say they were age limit, so I brought my one year old. <laughs> 
Oh, that's how you're doing it. Okay, so it's three different employees. It's not. It's not just like you getting all the hours. All right. Um, no, 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 no. I... So my advice as someone who is getting involved, just like on the ground level, for for people who are apathetic, I think the easiest way to do it is that Google is your friend. Like I, I feel like for people who are apathetic, it's probably better that they use social media, not just social media, but they also like go to the email lists, uh, try to see if anyone's made any listservs. I don't know how to pronounce that, but that thing um, for their candidates. I think there are listservs. There are a few. I, I've met a few That's candidates a who have like email lists and listservs as well as like Facebook and Twitter. Um, for the more active people, oh. the way that I did it was I literally just bothered my local precinct. I sent I sent the DCDP, the Guilford County Democratic Party, an email being like, "Hey, this, we need to do something to get Hispanics interested in politics." And they responded like two weeks later, and they were like, "Hey, you should you should work with some of our peeps. You have some time to take a phone call." And that was how I got involved in politics. Also, regardless of whether you're very active or not very active and you want to know more information, just be careful of those Russian sites in Facebook. That's actually, like, it's it's both funny and serious because there are people, like, there are apparently actual groups of those. I don't know if I'm on any of them. I don't think I am. But it's it's a weird era that we live in, that this is kind of a thing that people should actually be worried about. Strange, strange age. Do you think the Secular Latino Alliance is a Russian front? It's Sal working. <laughs> Sal for is secretly. I, I don't know. His name is something like almost stereotypically Russian. He is hashtag fake news. This is <laughs> Sal Vladimir. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe. Are you a Russian agent? <laughs> he just clicks no, and then he's like, "Aha! My deception. It's actually working." All right, so the questions for today's episode are, um, have you voted in the last couple of elections? And, of course, these aren't questions that people should necessarily answer if they feel uncomfortable answering them. It's just things that we want you all to think about. Have you voted in your local elections if you are eligible to vote? Do you know when your elections are going to be? And do you have any of the information on the people who are running for your city council? Which is actually one of the more, despite what people think it's actually one of the more important elections to, for people to pay attention to that and the state level ha a lot more things happen and generally things that are a lot crazier than you'll see at the national level also happen at the state and local level kind of entertaining if you pay attention especially if you live in north carolina it's a train wreck but it's a hilarious train wreck Okay, my question is uh, whether, not, not necessarily if you have voted in the elections, but what other actions have you taken? Have you ever volunteered in a campaign or contributed money or, uh, you know, participated in a, in a rally or a march? And uh, considering that apparently 10%, 10 of the population participated in the January march, uh, Maybe that now that percentage has gone up significantly. But uh, yeah, what other activities other than voting have you partaken uh, politically? 
All right. And this has been the Benito Juarez experience with Luciano Joshua Gonzalez. And you am Navarro Rivera. Remember, subscribe, review, join Facebook, not the Russian websites, uh, but like our page, which is not a Russian front, and uh, follow us on Twitter. Yeah.